Hello, Italy. <laughs> this is the Amazing Starts Here podcast. That's Billy Harner. My name is Keith Rad, and the reason we're chuckling is because, Billy, you got some, some news the other day from the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, out of nowhere, we get a report that we're the number two baseball podcast in all of Italy, which makes me question if there are three baseball podcasts in all of Italy. But uh, <laughs> apparently we've got some, we've, we've gotten global, Keith, prestige worldwide, like you said. Uh, yes. Uh, so, you know, we're trying to uh, to get our Fiat sponsorships going and, and anything we possibly can, any Italian uh, makes and models. Uh, but on this episode, we have somebody who has, I think, nothing to do with uh, Italy. Garrison Bryant, who was in Brooklyn in 2019 and pitched uh, himself into a conversation uh, of raising some eyebrows. Uh, young guy, um, only 22 years old. But someone that I've enjoyed talking to uh, his whole summer that he was here. He's just a good good guy, a good sports guy, big New England Patriots fan. And so, you know, Billy and I let him go for a little while, but then we, we dunk on him at the end, as, as all Giants fans know how that goes. Uh, but uh, Garrison's down there in, in minor league spring training right now, so he gives us a little insight to what that looks like because everyone's kind of – not that they're making it up as we go, but everything's new. We're just installing these new protocols and the late season, so they're down there. Yeah, Garrison was, was with us in Brooklyn, and he's been one of my favorite guys that we've had here just because he's so well-rounded. Um, he's very knowledgeable about a lot of different things, very outgoing, very friendly, uh, just a smart guy and, and fun to talk to. So I enjoyed our time with him uh, when he was here in Brooklyn. But um, also, he sort of positioned himself as a guy to actually keep an eye on. You know, he's, he doesn't have the... Uh, the sexy numbers, you know, like he's not going to throw 99 and whatever, but he's a guy who reminds me a lot of Dylan G, um, a guy who, you know, was right-handed, uh, had great control and was able to have success in the big leagues um, without, you know, the the 98 mile per hour fastball. So he's a, he's a guy that is not necessarily one of the, the people you hear about uh, when you first ask about Mets pitching prospects, but he's a guy who has all the tools to be a successful pitcher, both in the minor leagues and in the major leagues. And, um, we enjoyed talking to him uh, all year in 2019 and, and for a little bit today as well. Pitchability is definitely what he has. And he loves the fact that people tell him he doesn't throw 98 because for some reason I feel like Garrison Bryant will eventually uh, use that competitive nature to throw 98 some way, shape, or form. So uh, our conversation with Garrison Bryant right around the corner. So Garrison, uh, our first question is who's on the Brooklyn team for 2021? <laughs> uh he's inside uh inside spring training right now for the minor leaguers garrison bryant who was with the brooklyn cyclones in 2019 he's a good guy we like to bust his chops but uh you're down in florida now that everybody's gone the mets are playing uh the alternate site's going and now you guys invade florida so first things first you've been there for a couple of days what has it been like to get used to the new setup yeah it's uh it's definitely interesting and uh it's uh, different than most spring trainings in the past because you don't have the big leaguers here but then you also are very separated from all the other guys it's a it's a new experience um it's not my first spring training but it's definitely a unique one so so i guess just just from last march or i guess yeah last march when you were in spring training when this all sort of went down what is a, a day like now versus when it was uh, i guess a, a normal more typical spring training yeah it it's I mean, so last spring training, uh, I was here for like maybe a month. I got here mid-February, early February, and then departed March 15th. Um, 
And pretty much the biggest difference is just the, uh, the, the inclusion with everybody else. You, normally you're in a locker room with 150, 160 players and you're all sharing one training room and one weight room and field groups are, you know, 40 pitchers on each field and it's separated like by that. And this year it's, you have 20 guys on your roster. Teams are split up um, just for kind of working groups. And you pretty much just do your daily work with that group and you don't really interact with anybody else. The only time I see any hitters is at the end of the day when they're done hitting like BP. It's the only time I've seen them so far. It's uh, completely different than years past. So honestly, I like it a lot better because it's more of a get your work in, get your work done type of thing versus before it was kind of a lot of a lot of time in between activities because there was just so many guys. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, I'm sure you were you were just ripping to get down there and compete against some people. So the way you made it sound like, sounds like, yeah, it's kind of quiet. You know, there's not really much going on. Like, are you almost unfulfilled that you're down there and it's not as cool to, to what a normal year is? No, I, no I, I like it a lot better this year. It's a lot more um, individualized. You're focused on your work instead of kind of playing – GM in the years past where you're like, Ooh, am I in whose group? What am I group? And what am I doing? Um, cause that can drive you crazy. So this year it's a lot different. You just kind of going in, like you got long toss that day, make the most out of it, you know, get your work in, get it done. And then you kind of, it, it's very in season feel. It's like, you're kind of in an actual full season. Um, cause you have a routine, you follow it, you have a plan, you know what you're doing this day. Whereas in years past it was, you didn't really know what the day was going to look like. You didn't know if you were going to have a meeting. You didn't know if you were going to do this. So here it's like there's a schedule. You follow it, and that's it. You get your work done. But, you know, off, off the field stuff in spring training is almost just as important, I guess, in terms of getting to know the guys that are going to be in your team, particularly when you're, I guess, younger and in your first spring training. But um, for yourself as a guy who's already sort of established, I mean, do you miss the camaraderie of being around all these dudes and, and the – shenanigans i guess that go along with it um or is you know are, are you at the point in your career where you're you know past that stuff and just want to want to throw and move on no i i think it's when you go into spring training it's cool because you there's a lot of guys you haven't met and you want to get to know them and you want to be like oh where are you from what school did you go to and you kind of get to know each other that still that still happens you know it's still happening now it's just a little bit different because you're not including every guy from every team every possible affiliate so but you still kind of have that idea. It's just weird too, because like once you after, you know, once you come from the field, there's not like that type of hanging out in guys' rooms, going out, going golfing, different things like that, um, going out to eat. Like that's not a thing right now, just because we don't want to take a risk of getting exposed to something, and then you're um, you're not just hurting yourself; you're hurting another guy with like a close contact and different things like that. So I think that's probably the biggest change off the field is like I haven't gone to dinner with anybody. <laughs> Just because, and that's normally a daily thing. You usually go out to eat and, you know, get to know each other that way. But save me money. <laughs> <laughs> do they do anything for you guys? Do they do they now become, uh, you know, Mets instructors, but also like camp counselors or entertainers or anything? Are they like trying to keep you guys from going to dinner by like, you know, oh, we're just going to do t- big tic-tac-toe or trivia night or something like that? That'd be a great idea. I think that Mets trivia on Zoom would be a, would be a nice thing to throw out there. But no, they're, they're providing meals every day for us. So we aren't, you know, having to go do those things, um, not preventing us from going out and getting food because we still can do that. It's just more they don't want us, you know, inside around other people where it could just cause cause an issue. So 
they're providing meals for us every day and they're actually really good and they're on time and different things. So it's not like, um, it's not like we're missing out on anything. We're here to play baseball and that's kind of what this camp is designed to do. Just get us ready in a really quick time frame. Uh, I mean, we have less than a month to get ready for a uh, full season and in years past, you're here for a solid two months before camp would break. Keith and I know a good trivia guy if you're interested. You know, we've, we've got a team that was spot on pretty good. Um, but, you know, moving past all this stuff now. So I guess for yourself, like where do you think you are physically in terms of being ready for a season and having not thrown um, any innings, I guess, last year for the most part? So now you're going to be thrown into a full season team, um, 120 games, and just go get them sort of thing. You know, you're going to be coming off a year where you didn't really do – you know, minimum live batters in terms of spring training probably was all you saw. So how, how are you physically in terms of getting prepped for a season and, and a full season in that? Yeah, I was, I mean, I was kind of lucky last year. Um, I didn't go down to instructional league in, in the fall, although I was invited uh, just with the wedding and quarantining. Um, didn't want to take a chance on coming down. And the farm director at the time was really good about it. And he was like, you know, go get married. And Ricky was really good about it. He's like, enjoy your day. So I missed out on that opportunity, but I was over the summer able to throw up in Rockland and uh, throw in some indie ball, just um, kind of the Mets set that up for me to get some innings um, just with the unknown of what was going to go on. So I had a little bit of an advantage there. I got like 20 ish innings there and um, it was good to get on the mound and face live hitters. And, um, but now, you know, leading up to a full season, like I've been ready to do that. Um, like last year had, a, had, you know, was in, or two years ago was in Brooklyn and um, got like 70 something innings. And if you really look at what my whole 2019 season was from the time I got to spring training in early February to the end of the season at the beginning of September, I really had like 160 innings um, from spring training, from parts of extended to the Brooklyn season with the playoff um, if I won't hit 160 innings this year. Uh, so, I mean, I might, but it just, I'm ready to do that. And having a year off, I've kind of been able to work on my mobility, flexibility, and get my body comp to where I want it to be. Um, but you kind of touched on it. The biggest adjustment is the non-competitiveness for a year. I think my wife would be the one to say he needed to go back and start competing with somebody else because it was just like a daily thing. Like, Jeopardy Wheel of Fortune was like the World Series because it was Game a daily time. competition. <laughs> yeah, it was like, let's go. Um, so just being in an environment now, even though it's a little different than years past, it's still competing. There's still that competition. They're still trying to make a squad. And I miss that. I think that's probably the biggest thing I miss is just that, that little edge that you get when you're going against somebody and trying to be better than them. I don't go to the gym for two weeks. I feel it. Like, how do you go a whole year without facing hitters in a live game and then think you're going to show up and in one month be ready to do it for a full summer? I just think it's wild. Oh, it is wild. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. <laughs> I mean, I hope I am. I'm going to be ready to go. Um, but it is a big unknown. And it's just, you know, having that edge and having that switch and being able to flick it on and off, um, that it, it's going to be uh, – everybody's going through it. There's Every guy's got the same, you know, got the same – lack of playing from last year and um i mean try to take every moment through the off season every workout and make it competitive trying to get better that day um it'll just kind of maybe show when you get on the field and the lights go on and you toe the rubber like 
it's it's been a year. Yeah, everybody is just itching to get on the mound and face a live hitter that matters. You know, when the stats matter and velo and getting outs matter again, like that. That's what every guy here is wanting to do. So it'll be it'll be fun. I think I said it earlier when I started watching these college kids play, and the emotion that these pitchers have. You know, being in college, they miss their whole season. It's like wait till pro ball guys get it. Like wait till guys that do this for like that's their jobs get out there and are able to go like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I know a lot of guys are really ready to go and um, it, it's going to be, a, it's going to be an interesting year because a lot of guys missed out on what they've done their whole lives and that's just compete. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about that, how college baseball this year has, I think been more popular than ever. And I think a lot of it has to do with that, the emotion and stuff that you were talking about with uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always been a little different from pro ball, but this year it's even more, uh, noticeable because it's sort of taken on a WWF quality in terms of uh, getting pumped coming off the mound and bat flipping and all that stuff. But so you mentioned that you you also got married relatively recently, I guess. So how has that transition been for I guess you and your wife, where you're not around for large chunks of the year to all of a sudden now you're just there every single day around each other. Um, how is that adjustment for you, but probably more for your wife, I think, in this situation? Yeah, we actually, we were just talking about this. I mean, we've talked about that a lot, how spoiled we were, because it's an opportunity that we never really had gotten in our relationship, um, you know, through the years of, you know, dealing with pro ball and me going and visits once every two months or once a month, if we're lucky, uh, you know, seeing different cities and doing different things like that together, you know, built our relationship to a really good point. And then going home and spending, what was it like? a full year together. Um, definitely. I was surprised at how well we were able to do that. It was really a good time. Um, we got to know each other really well, even though we knew each other really well before, um, we were able to have our wedding through a pandemic. Um, it was an awesome day at a really nice venue and family was there and it was really, it was really special. It was exactly what I always wanted, but we always had thought we were going to have a 200 person wedding and we couldn't do that. And, um, it was still an awesome day and just the whole experience of being able to be home and doing that and, you know, kind of having a regular life was weird. Um, I touched on it with the competitiveness. It was very different not being able to be there and, and have that every day. Um, but I think we mo- made the most of it. We, we were able to do a lot of things, even though it was a pandemic and um, it was a good experience. And I, I'm glad to be back at baseball, but I definitely do miss her. And, um, being able to experience the season is definitely the best part about baseball, being able to go to a different city and having her to be able to come down and kind of do mini vacations out of it while I'm playing is definitely a huge perk that, that uh, maybe goes unnoted in pro ball. Hmm. Having, having a wedding. That's a, that's a pretty interesting idea. I'm, I'm doing my yeah, best to try it. It's going to be like a year and a half before it eventually happens. But was there any part of you where you good, were? I got a very good venue for it. If you want a recommendation. <laughs> He's he's giving this fiat much time to change her mind. That's what I'm concerned about. For know, it's, it's, yeah, it's brutal. Uh, but was there any part of you, like when you said you had a regular life, we all, people that work in baseball, had a regular summer for the first time ever. Was there any part of you that was like, huh, maybe I will kick my feet up on, on a, a Thursday night at 730 and watch the sunset at a, you know, a nine to five job? No, he's shaking his head. Not, not at all. Huh? I'm not ready for that yet. I, I... I want to play the game as long as I can um, just because it's a, everybody's dream to ever play 
you know, play baseball. I want to play it as long as I can at the highest level I possibly can. And when, when the time comes to be done, uh, I'll be able to have memories and people I know and people I met to reflect on. And then the next chapter starts and got a little piece of it this year. And it was great to be home and to experience those things, but definitely being on a ballpark and going to the field every day is, is uh, what I want to do and what I, where I want to be. So what was your sort of, everybody had something that they were doing during the, the quarantine. Were you a Netflix kind of guy or were you, did you start streaming things that you never thought you'd watch before? Did you take up uh, quilting or uh, knitting or anything like that? What was your sort of go-to? Well, we've watched everything on Netflix. Uh, that's a fact. I, Important. We, watched, we, we, you asked about him. We he watched says everything the right on thing. Netflix. We. That's a fact. We, we, that Netflix doesn't have a show. We haven't at least attempted to see, but personally I've, my breakfast making skills has been, have been there. I feel like I can say I can run a diner with my breakfast skills. I've, I've, I've perfected certain, certain um, dishes that I think would be, uh, would be solid to say the least. Um, and then my laundry skills, I think my wife would admit my ability to do laundry has, has improved tremendously throughout the uh, pandemic. I feel like I'm sitting in on a on a on a pitcher pitching coach <laughs> meeting. <laughs> the way you folded those shorts, Garrison, I was just I was quite a big improvement from spring training, really. <laughs> well, I was able to do it without without guidance, and I think that's when you know you've done something right. Is when the when the teacher no longer has to monitor the work that's done. So, how about how about your Patriots? How how was your your first year post Tom Brady? And the the Cam Newton era for the the Pats, how'd that go for you? How'd the pandemic go for you? Buddy? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's rough. It was a rough year. It was, there were some games that were painful to watch. But were you happy for Tom Brady, or were you in the the camp of the Chiefs have to win this game? I can't see this guy holding the trophy. No, I, I wanted him to win because if he's if anybody's going to win, I'd rather it be a guy that's won before with us. So I think that's where. I don't want anybody to win other than the Patriots. But if someone's going to do it, I'd rather it be a Patriot because Brady's not a buck. He's a Patriot. I think that's the way I look at it. Like if Bill Belichick were to go to another team, I'd want him to win if anybody were to win. But we are uh, in Bill we trust, and we'll see what he does this year. Eli was a giant, right, Keith? Is that right? I think he – at least twice I remember him being a giant. <laughs> at least at least twice. Um yeah. Now, now you. I'll go, put the, I'll go put the Patriots polo on if we want to continue the rest of it. Uh, now, you made the decision though in high school to you were had a football opportunity. How close was it between football and baseball at that time? Baseball wasn't ever a thought. It was all football. It was uh, I didn't have any schools or anybody that reached out for baseball. I mean, I had some smaller schools that were like, "Hey, you know, I, we see you getting recruited for football. Do you want to play baseball here too?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, maybe." Um, I, I never realized that I had potential in baseball. I always thought I was a decent player that was, you know, above average for where I was playing. I, um, was really kind of shocked when the Mets scout, uh, came up to me after the game, my senior night, my, of high school, um, and was like, we're going to, we're going to be in contact. I was like, Oh, Okay. Like I had no idea what was to, to come. Um, I was, I was supposed to leave for college for, to play football on June 4th and the draft, I believe was the seventh, eighth and ninth. So I had to tell the school I wasn't coming. 
and pretty much told the coach that like there's a chance I might get drafted and if that is the option I'm gonna take it and the coach was he's like absolutely like we understood that was one of the things that could be po- a possibility that somebody came around with a baseball and you know had a o- better offer for you and it did and he was he was really nice about it he was understanding and um but baseball as of probably i would say may 1st wasn't even a question i, I said my national letter of intent in february i wasn't even considering baseball schools at all so this the the idea of you being a football first guy do you think that that has helped you sort of in your your baseball career in terms of you know being healthy and not having as many innings on your arm and, and that kind of stuff? Or is that just complete stupid Billy asking a question? Um, I think it's real. I think that I've, I've definitely noticed in the last like year specifically because I've been throwing a lot on my own and really learning my body that there's certain parts of my arm that are over like more developed than other areas. Um, just from a throwing the football motion, um, you know, I, I I like to throw the football still. I, I incorporate it into my off-season training. Um, I think it helps me monitor workload and uh, manage throws. And Throwing a football 20 yards is a lot different than throwing a baseball 20 yards. Um, there's just different types of muscles that get used. So I think it's really helped me you know, stay healthy, knock on wood. Like I haven't had any type of really uh, setback with anything, and I think it has in part to do with the lack of innings that I haven't really thrown. And also the, um, just the tr- like the pure throwing motion from throwing a football. Yeah, I was interested. You know, recently there's been some stories about Jacob Degrom and um, how he's continued to develop, even though he's in his you know 30s. And people seem to think that it's because he was a shortstop, so he wasn't throwing as much, and that's allowed his sort of trajectory to sort of keep going in that. You know, he's in his early 30s, but he's still throwing harder than he was in his late 20s. So I was interested in reading that. And then you were talking about football. If there's, you know, as you see guys throwing footballs in spring training, you know, as a, or, or pregame just to sort of stay loose. Um, and I was always interested to sort of gauge someone like yourself's uh, thoughts on that since, you know, you went through it yourself in terms of not being a strictly baseball guy. Um, yeah. I, I think it's helped with my, I mean, I know a lot of guys that have had, you know, injuries when they were in high school, um, they were thrown a lot and they've kind of transpired and they've had them, they've had them come up through pro ball. Um, I've been lucky enough. I didn't, haven't had that, never have had that. Um, I think one of the, we actually were talking about this the other day on one of the side fields when we were doing uh, some PFP work was how athletic Jacob deGrom is. Um, I mean, he's the best pitcher in baseball and there's a reason why he's meticulous at what he does. Um, but he's an incredible athlete and being able to be convert from a shortstop at a college level, playing shortstop at college level is really impressive. I mean, that's, that's something to be proud of, but then be able to turn that and be able to make yourself and develop yourself into being the best pitcher in baseball is like, wow. But it shows he's super athletic. He's able to move really well. He's efficient and he has really no, he has no flaw in his mechanical repertoire and it goes into everything he does feeling the baseball throwing the ball his routine and everything it's super sound and it shows you know there's all these twitter accounts that show the different um like sciencey sides of pitching and after degrom pitches there's one account that always shows his release points 
for every pitch that he throws. And it's a pin. And it's every single pitch that he throws, no matter what it is, fastball, changeup, slider, whatever, it's all coming from the same exact spot. And you look at it and you're like, this is, it's just, it's, it's freak. It's just freak stuff. I mean, he is, he's a video game. It, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to watch. It, it's crazy to watch a guy on TV do what he's doing because there's been great pitchers in the past. Like I, I, my biggest idol growing up was Roy Halladay. Like I idolized everything he did mechanically, pitch wise, work ethic. Like I just, I loved watching him throw. Cause I thought it was just, he was, he was the best guy on the mound. And it's Jacob DeGrom is that now. Like it was, I made a, I, I think I tweeted out something opening day was like, I used to skip school to watch Roy Halladay throw. And if I was a kid today, I would do the same for Jacob DeGrom. And it, because it's just you're watching the best. I could see that Roy Halladay in your in your wind up now that you said that actually. I guess I never even thought about that, but it, it, it used to be much, it, yeah. it used to be very 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 similar, and it's mm-hmm. changed as I've learned to move better um, for myself and you know be more consistent with release point different things like that. But yeah, I, I he's got a there's a great book on him called Doc, and it's breaks down his whole career and the different people that have impacted his, that impacted his career. And it's a really interesting read and helps you kind of figure out like physicality and like being able to throw the ball really well, gets you really far. But then the mental side of things gets you to the point where you are really successful. Yeah. That, and that's what I'm wondering. Like we saw a lot when Matt Allen was there with Jacob DeGrom in spring training and, you know, DeGrom pulls Matt Allen aside. And I always think like when you're, everyone's a pro at this point, but DeGrom's like on another level. How do you even listen to what he says, knowing it's just not going to, I'm not going to soak up any of this stuff because it's just his freak natural talent. So what, what can you take mental stuff from him without taking, knowing that the physical stuff, like, dude, you're a freak, you're unbelievable what you do. No one's going to be able to copy it. Even if you said, yeah, try this. Like, it's just different. Yeah, it's different. I mean, I, I haven't had the, I mean, I've, I've gotten, I've been around DeGrom a little bit, nothing crazy, never had a really in-depth conversation with him. Um, but there's been other guys that I have, me and me and Matt Allen are really close and we talk a lot. Um, he throws a bullpen, I watch it, I throw one, he watches it, like we break down kind of video together and different things like that. And um, it, it, It's fun to talk to a guy that's really good, like Matt's unbelievably talented. Um, and it's crazy that I think I can help him in any way, mm-hmm. but we both kind of feed off of each other in different aspects of the game. I think it's the same thing when you talk to a big leaguer that's been there before. Um, my first year of pro ball, I was with uh, Jeff McNeil. He was, I think he was rehabbing or was just doing something uh, in the GCL, and I, I was just talking to him. Didn't really know him at all. Didn't even know his name, like just kind of talking. And he broke down some different things that he does as a hitter to approach a pitcher, and I kind of just flipped it around. I was like, okay, that's how I could approach a hitter. Um, and it stuck with me today. Like He was a huge guy on journaling. Um, I journal everything to write down how I felt today, how I feel tomorrow, um, type of hitter I see. Um, it was funny. I was just looking at notes that I had from like two years ago in, the, in, in spring training and it was a hitter that was in the big leagues. And I was like, I got notes on him. So if I ever do see him, like I'll have something from five years or three years before, two years before. That's awesome. So there, the last time we saw you on the mound, you were in, in Lowell, right? In game, game one of the, game the one. finals. And Obviously, things went on, and, and we won, and things were great. But for your, yourself, that season seemed to be um, 
obviously your best probably as, as a pro because it's one of the, the best pitching years that we've had as a uh, here with the Cyclone. So what was it that sort of uh, clicked for you or what was it that was different? And was there anything or did you just go out there and get the ball rolling and it just spiraled from there? Just great broadcasters framing up everything the way it's supposed to be. He's a fringe broadcaster is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I it's no 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 denying that I struggled early like in the in my career like just wasn't ready I think it goes back to the fact that I didn't play much baseball and I had not been in an everyday environment where baseball was your job um baseball was a hobby of mine so I think early on it was I was just being a sponge and trying to take in everything and I probably took in too much I was probably trying to change too much in the time and I wasn't just going out and throwing um and then over the years seeing different guys and seeing how guys go out and and throw and just are kind of relaxed on the mound and have routines and different things. Kind of everything over the previous four years or three years had come in and um, just piled them all into one. And I finally got a chance to be comfortable with what I was doing mechanically, um, routine-wise. And it was it was a, a good year, but it was also a really big moment for me to be able to go out there every day and know that I was – I was out there and I had a job to do and I was you know, going to do my best to execute it and then got confident with what I was doing and had success with what I was doing. And it just kind of continued to roll and roll and combination of just the confidence, the success that was found early and building off of that was, you know, why I was able to have, you know, the season I did. Was there one moment for you where it's sort of, you're out of the mound and you're like, yeah, I'm shoving. Like this is, I, I this is as good as I, I'm going to be this year. And this is as good as I feel. Is there something that stands out for you? Um, I don't think there's a moment. I think there was like a time where it was like continued success was happening. Um, you know, I was throwing strikes and getting guys out. And I, I don't think there's a single moment. I think there was a couple different moments throughout the year. It was like, wow, you know what? The things I'm doing are working. Like the time I'm putting in is actually paying off. Um, and I, I think the biggest one was when we went up to Vermont. I can't remember if I threw the first game of the series or not. Um, but it was like a – that's like a 10-hour ride. And I stuck to – like we got in at like 4 a.m. And I stuck to my routine. I got up at 8. You know, I had breakfast. I, you know, did that. And I went out and I pitched really well. And I I think that might be one singular moment where it's like, okay, this routine works. Like being in, being up, being ready, focusing early in the day and not letting things kind of filter in your head about, you know, positive things, but also negative things that can happen when you just sit there all day and think. Um, I think that was really important, but for, for an individual moment, maybe that one, but I think it was just realizing that the work I had put in had been starting to pay off a little bit. Well, luckily you don't have to worry about uh, having your pregame meal uh, in a stall or a bathroom moving forward um, with now new places to go in the, in the, in the minors. So as we wrap this up, I, I am interested to see like what now that you've been down there and you've kind of worked into their protocols of what's expected. What do you think this year is going to be like? You know, traveling on the bus and pitching different places, adding that COVID stuff to this routine now. Well, I mean, I, I'm luckily I got vaccinated early. Um, you know, being able to do that and take advantage of uh, New York rules and being able to get vaccinated. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy and lucky to be able to do that and have gotten that. So I think that helps me in a, in a way, like I'm confident that, um, you know, following guidelines that the Mets put in place, but also like the, you know, organizations have said about 
you know, wearing a mask and different things. So I don't, I don't think we're going to see as much of a huge change to the everyday life at the ballpark. I think there's going to be things that are different. You're probably not going to sign autographs with fans. Like you're probably not going to be able to do that. You're probably not going to have the first pitches be with random people, that type of thing. And all of those things that are probably looked at as like, Oh, really big parts of the game. You're probably not going to have, but other than that, the travel and different things, I, I think it's going to be the same. I think guys are, I understand that this is their career. This is their jobs. And if they decide that they want to, you know, risk it by going out or not following protocol, you know, not wearing the mask and different things like that, they're just going to get kind of impacted. And personally, I just, I don't see the, I don't find the risk being the reward. So just kind of wearing a mask and doing things, washing your hands and hopefully we can get a full season in and we don't have any type of cases that cause us to miss time. Cause you know, you see that on the big league level and different teams. It just, just stinks. You, you, you wait all year to play. I would hate to have a guy, you know, miss time because of a, just a positive test that they could have controlled if they, you know, might've followed rules differently. Yeah, I could see you just like getting the start. Okay. I'm starting, you know, on Monday and then Monday and Tuesday get wiped out and Wednesday and you're just like, Oh God, I want to get back out there. No breaks, no delays, no postponements, cancellations. Yeah. Nothing's worse than a rain delay, but I, I would just, it would be so frustrating to have, um, you know, you're ready to go and put all this work in and then you get you know, pushed back three days. It's like, come on, just finally, we, we've waited a long time. Let's just get it going. So I think everybody's like that. I don't think anybody wants to yeah. miss time. I don't think anybody wants to be, you know, that guy that, you know, does something wrong. So I think guys are going to follow the rules and do everything that they can do to, you know, stay on the field and be healthy throughout the remainder of this pandemic. Yeah, I think uh, no rain delays this year. I think that's one of the protocols that we have to follow. So we have, we have people congregating under uh, under small spaces. So you'll be good. No, <laughs> no rain delays. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Well, Garrison, we appreciate you taking some uh, a few moments away. I know you have a, an off day, a day to chill and relax. But uh, you know, who knows where your sign will be in twenty twenty one? But we appreciate you giving us some insight as to uh, what it looks like down there. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate you guys. And, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be. Hopefully, we cross paths uh, one of these days. So, it'll be fun. We'll find. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <We always> will. <laughs> Thanks, Garrison. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Have a good one.